Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Setting the Scheme. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. And Tristan, where the heck are you? I said it was a daggum special episode and you're not even- Tristan, it's, it. it's, it's not even just a special episode. It's tradition. Right. It is tradition. Every year, every, every year. year, we come every back. Year. We come back for this one event. And Ben, what is that event? Well, Doug, I'm glad you asked. Um, you see, several years ago, when we first started setting the scheme, uh, we had the idea to set aside a lot of time and talk about the Disney Renaissance films uh, or Disney Renaissance films, if you prefer. Um, we only watched a few of them, but we ended up ranking all the ones that each one of us had seen. It was the inaugural December. The following year, um, we decided that we wanted to do something similar. So we followed it with direct to DVD December. Uh, unfortunately, that was the last of that series for uh, some jerks who talk about movies. But as we started back with setting the scheme, we decided, you know what, let's bring this back. Well, let's do it just a little differently. So we did DC Simber, where we talk about all things DC. Uh, but this year, we're really getting back to the roots of December. We're coming back to we're coming back to the heart. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, we're, we're coming back to uh, old Papa Walt. Um, we are talking about some of not some of the smaller movies uh, this or today, whatever day that you're listening to this podcast. The original movies of Disney Channel. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Decomber. Ah, uh, yes, Decomber. The movies that Big Daddy Walt uh, was never around to see. But goodness, do we do we wish that he were. Oh, yes. um, so, for those of you who don't know what a Decom is, a Decom stands for a Disney Channel original movie. Uh, they are the movies that have been coming out basically once a year, once or twice a year, uh, every year since I believe 1989 was the first DCOM uh, that was released. Um, and they're still making them today. Although I'll be perfectly honest with you, I think it's a little repetitive because now you have Disney Plus and there are Disney Plus exclusives, which I think should also be considered like DCOMs or maybe they should be considered DPOMs because um, mm -hmm. they are Disney Plus mm -hmm. original movies. Uh, well, Doug, you just spoiled yeah. what we're doing next year. Thanks. <laughs> Um, but uh, <laughs> deep <Palmer. laughs> we, we'll wait, 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 okay, okay. We all reconvene in Athens, Georgia. We meet at De Palmas and That's we do <laughs> deep Palmer. That's exactly what we did. We, we have to get them to sponsor us. Yeah, this is oh, Deep Palmer sponsored by Deep Palmas. Or <laughs> hear me out. We meet at De Palmas. We don't even talk about movies. We just do a podcast while eating Italian food. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's oh, good. Man. We're just like we're just like welcome to De Palm De Palmer. Uh, we're not talking about movies today, but today we are talking about movies. We're talking about three of them. One from each of the DCOM eras uh, or the DCOM decades, as they were. Um, Starting we, in the nineties. Uh, we've got the 13th year uh, going to the early 2000s. We've got Camp Rock. And then in the 2010s, we've got Descendants. Personally, I'm really excited um, because I'd only seen one of these coming in. Uh, I grew up with the 13th year. It's a, it was definitely a childhood favorite of mine. Uh, but the other two I had not seen. Uh, Descendants, I'd only briefly even heard of uh, before doing this. So it was definitely an exciting experience. What about you two? Have you all seen or heard of these movies? I actually hadn't seen any of these movies before this past week. I'd seen really? the trailers for all of them. Like I was a Disney Channel kid when the Camp Rock trailer was on TV, mm -hmm. but I never actually watched any of these movies until this past week. Nice. What about you, Doug? Um, so I have actually seen all of these movies. Mm. Uh, I, I had seen all of these movies uh, before today. I've seen 13th Year a lot at like 2 a.m. back when I back when I uh, still had cable and would just randomly have Disney Channel on at like 2 a.m. Uh, I saw Camp Rock the night it came out um, and I saw Descendants uh, my, when it came out my senior year of high school. Uh, so yes, I have seen all three of these movies and I'll be honest with you, my opinions of all of them both held up and changed drastically. Interesting. 
I will say I the order that I'm going to end up ranking these was not the order that I anticipated ranking these coming in. I'll 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 be I'll be perfectly honest. I'm going to rank these the exact order that I thought I was going to rank them. Fair. Hmm. But yes, I am uh, Elijah, Elijah, do you think that you will be ranking these the exact order that you planned on ranking them? <laughs> I will say um I went into this expecting to just abhor all of them. <laughs> um, and that's not necessarily the case. So I guess, I guess it's not what I expected, but um, all right. <laughs> Should we just go ahead and talk about the 13th year? Why don't we just dive on in? Oh, that's good. Uh, Let the nautical yeah, baby. If not, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, start here with the 13th year. Um, while Doug is pulling up the information, I'll give you a... Oh, I've got it. I've okay, got you've it. got it. Well, I'm still going to do a very, very quick uh, plot summary. It's about sure. this kid. Uh, he was born a mermaid, but given to a human family. Uh, and then when he turned 13, he turned back into a mermaid. Also, he didn't know he was a mermaid. Merman. That Mermaid, yes. Merman. 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 Um, anyway, uh, so this movie came out in 1999 uh ratings wise these are all going to be kind of weird ratings so just bear with me uh six out of ten on imdb and an 83 percent on google uh directed by Dwayne dunham uh and starring a bunch of people who i guarantee you've never heard of uh shea starbucks uh or it might be chez it's definitely chez it's definitely chez starbuck um courtney draper uh, Justin John Ross, Timothy Redwine, Brent Briscoe. Okay, I've actually heard of Brent Briscoe. Uh, and you've also heard of Dave Coulier, probably. Um, probably. Uh, you, you have definitely heard of Dave Coulier. I, I almost guarantee you that you've seen Dave Coulier. If you've ever watched Full House, you've seen Dave Coulier. Mm. Um, and I suspect that there are no... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so all of these movies for the most part, I don't think I'm going to have box office uh, material for because they were not released theatrically because that's what you need to have box office for the most part, with the exception of some streaming movies. Anyway, uh, 13th year. Uh, ben, I know that this movie holds a very dear, near and dear place to your heart, or it did at least. Mm. Was there a question? Yeah, there? that was that was oh, that was why I was got, got, yeah, okay, I was passing gotcha, it over. Gotcha. That's what we call a lead-in. Um, well, you, that just was said, a, you just stated a fact. I didn't know uh, I was supposed to to, to, to use baseball terms. I was pitching one down the middle, and I was hoping you would swing at it. It was uh, just a bit outside. Mm. Mm. Anyway, back to uh, the thirteenth year. Uh, yes, this film does really hold a special place in my heart. It was a movie that I grew up with. Uh, growing up, I really had two favorite uh, decoms. It was this and then Luck of the Irish. Um, and the Luck of the Irish is definitely my favorite one. I knew that Doug hated this movie, so that's why I wanted to do it uh, for Decomber. Um, I never, I, I wouldn't even say I really connected with it. It was just a movie that I watched a lot and it was something that I really enjoyed. And honestly, I just kind of, I, honestly, I really wanted to just relive the nostalgia. Uh, I remember watching it and then um like uh playing with my siblings and uh we would be mermaids and it would be cool and yeah <laughs> good times and that was yeah. when you were 17 <laughs> yes absolutely i still do that actually <laughs> it's, a, it's a weekly thing for ben like yeah. you know well, once a week you can find him down at the y pretend to be a mermaid yep. that's, that's uh, how got, we do. like the whole little uh bottom flipper situation going on too Already, we're 10 minutes into this, and this is already the weirdest December we've ever done. Oh, good Lord. So, Ben. Yes. You've got a lot of nostalgia attached to this movie. Yes. Nostalgia is a little bit of a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, because I love this movie. Um, there are a lot of things that are not very good about this movie uh like for one thing uh i'm pretty sure that um god the main character's first name is completely i'm cody cody, cody. thank you i'm pretty sure cody's mom is an anti-vaxxer 
Um, She's 100% an, no, 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 there's no probably. She is definitely an anti-vaxxer. Like, I, that was one thing that had gone completely over my head. I like her talking about like the natural medicines and everything and like absolutely refusing to see a doctor. Uh, and then there's like, like some she, line she shudders the at the mention of a doctor. No, the she calls it really the D Right. The one that really went over my head as a kid, she makes some crack at the beginning of the movie about like avoiding like the capitalistic society or something. And I'm like, how did they just include that in a decom? Like, what? <laughs> oh, but it was a wild time. Uh, one thing that I think this movie does really well, though, um, is the look of their mermaids. Because, I mean, I think it's really easy to have a mermaid in uh, a Disney Channel original movie and make it look kind of bad. Um, but the prosthetics that they use, I think, actually look really good. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think uh, I think in a movie that talks about mermaids, you know, it would be very easy to just slap a tail on a dude, <laughs> which is not a sentence I ever thought I would say, but I just said it, so um, it, it is what it is. Uh, but, uh, but I think it's I think it's very uh, good prosthetics work because like they make it look like as organic as possible, which I think is really cool. Mm. You know, it's no, it's no H2O just add water with the Cleo, the moon, Ricky. What? Oh, you don't know H2O? No. Oh, I have no I, idea what you're talking about. Doug. If we ever do a, if we ever do an episode on a TV show, um, we're watching H2O okay. and y'all are about to have your minds blown. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was I about to say? I completely lost my train of thought. I was were you, about... were you going to continue talking about how great oh, the prosthetics look? No, uh, I was actually going to shift away from that. Um, one thing that I also think this movie does really well, I think it does a good job painting kind of the poignant picture of like what puberty is like without like talking about puberty um about how like going through these changes and um you're not going to be the same but inside you're still you i don't know maybe maybe i'm reading too much into this that, no movie, ben, but ben that's exactly what it is i was just gonna yeah. say spider-man did it first and well, this this kid even has some of the exact same experiences that yeah. peter parker does so in my opinion like the credit does not go to this movie it goes to spider-man <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. The MCU was in Disney before, before <laughs> it ever was. Uh, I, mean, the, I mean, like know, in a movie, Spider-Man comics yeah. go back a few decades, and well, you know, Sp Spider-Man's nothing's original anymore. That's but, true. Like, I, I think it's one thing this movie does really well, and I think it's like something that these Disney Channel original movies are designed to do. Like they are designed, like any Disney movie for kids, it's designed to present some kind of lesson to whoever's watching it. And in this, it's, yeah, your body's going to go through changes, and that's nothing to be scared of. So I like that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think the fact that this, and that was one thing that genuinely surprised me about this movie, because I came into this thinking I was going to hate it, because I hated it growing up, and I still did, but um, I didn't hate it as badly, because I feel like it did tackle the issue of of growing up and and puberty i thought i think it tackled it very well mm -hmm. i think it uh did the subject justice you know as well as can be done with mermaids um but uh but yeah uh there is one thing though that is absolutely awful in this movie it's it's actually the worst part of this movie and that is the acting yeah. good lord it's pretty bad. It's awful. It's <laughs> so bad. It is actually, it's, it's like, and, and I'm not yeah. trying to like, I'm trying not, I'm not trying to like bad mouth young actors. Cause I get it. Like, man, it's, it's hard. It's hard to put on a really believable performance. It's hard to put on a believable. Okay. So Chez, uh, the guy who plays Cody, he, um, he was 17 when this movie came out. Okay. Really? Yeah, he was 17 when this movie came out. He looks so uh, much younger. Yeah, okay. So he's 17. Courtney Draper, the girl who played Sam, so she was actually 13 when it came out. Um, 
So you're having to do this whole movie that's like an allegory for, for puberty and stuff like that. Like, and you're having to play it off as the allegory is you're becoming a mermaid and you have to play that semi straight and semi comedic and like hats off to him for trying it, but it is so stale. It is so wooden. It is so just inconsequential in the way that like he has he has no emotion or the weirdest emotion in a lot of this movie. And it's, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I will say though, Dave Coulier and Brent Briscoe, uh, who play Cody's dad and the fisherman who's trying to catch Cody's mom, which is really weird side plot. Yeah. Um, cause yeah. he, cause he goes like this, like mild mannered fisherman who you see at the very beginning and like once or twice in the middle of the movie, um, just all of a sudden becomes this like homicidal maniac at the end of it. Yeah. And it's so weird, but I will say like, they both easily give the best performances of the movie. However, it's still not good. It's not good. No, it's not. Um, but it still holds such a special place in my heart. Elijah, do you have do you have Bro. any other? <laughs> the acting was bad and the script was bad. Yeah, I, I will say the script is really bad. The script is awful. Um, However, this does get me to a point that I want to make. Um, friends, I don't know if you knew this, but but I've seen a lot of decoms in my life. Oh, have you? And after binge watching all three of these decoms this week, hmm. uh, I have come to a very very solid conclusion what is that, that every single disney channel original movie would be a thousand times better if it were given a hard r rating hmm. like like and i'm not talking about like the entire movie has to be riddled with like sex and violence and profanity but like like a like a planes trains and automobiles situation where you just have one scene that throws it into R-rated territory. Okay. Uh, I, um, I feel like in uh, this particular scene, or in this particular movie, it would probably be Cody's parents um, yeah. at some point when he, um, either when they find out that he's a merman or at some point after they know he's a merman and he's run off. Um, I think that would be, that would fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also have a proposal that uh, Brent Briscoe, uh, when he's trying to catch and subsequently kill Cody's mom, um, if he like actually just gutted her like a fish. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Um, oh no! Or, no. or this wouldn't have made it R-rated, but if uh, Jess just straight up drowned, like there was no, mm. there was no saving him. <laughs> they uh-huh. threw him up on the, they threw him up on the dock, and they're like, "Come on, Jess, breathe." Jess, breathe. Open your eyes. Jess is dead. Like Cody, hard cut, hard cut to a black screen, and then you open up on his funeral. Mm. Cody tries the defibrillator thing, and that actually finishes Jess off. <laughs> Cody tries the defibrillator, defib- defibrillator thing, um, and you know he thinks it's going to restart his heart because all movies think it's going to restart their heart, but it actually stops his heart because that's right. what it's medically designed to do. Um, and he just it. In addition to stopping Jess's heart, he like burns a hole into Jess's chest. Like it's John Carpenter's The Thing. And all of a sudden he just has this gaping wound that's bloodied just and in his chest. Perfect ending. Uh, Cody, now fully a mermaid, carries Jess's body out for a burial at sea. <laughs> Cut the credits. Um, or Cody, Cody complete. I'm sorry, Elijah, I'm going to let you get to your point in just a second. Um, or Cody completes his transformation into being a full-fledged mermaid, um, but he's not like the mermaid that he's not like an Ariel from The Little Mermaid or anything like that. He's like a mermaid from mythology, where they're just like cannibalistic, like less <laughs> less Ariel, more oh, no. sirens of Greek mythology, oh, no. where he just devours Jess. Oh, no. Or yeah. Jess opens his eyes and Cody's just like, "What's up, Jess?" <laughs> Oh, no. Dag nab. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say the uh the idea of a movie of this quality, including violence and death and gaping holes in somebody's chest, 
that gave me Troll 2 vibes. <laughs> I think you would send this movie straight in the direction of Troll 2. Oh, absolutely. Which brings me to my overall feeling of the 13th year. If it's good at all, that's because it fits into the category of so bad it's good. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. All right, well, let's rate this sucker. Doug, why don't you get us started? I don't like this movie. I feel like I've made that very clear. Um, the idea of it being R-rated makes me enjoy it slightly more. Um, so I'm going to give this movie a 45 because I really just love to see Cody just devour Jess. Uh, 56. This movie does not get a pass from me. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Uh, I think this movie tried. Um, I don't think it succeeded, so I'm not going to give it a passing grade. Uh, I will give it a 65 for the effort, though, uh, and for the nostalgia and having, like, a, I would say a good message. Uh, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, we're going to get a lot of uh, that on this episode. Uh, we've got a final oh, yeah. score of uh, 55.3 repeating. So, congratulations, Lada. You were right. I'm right. Yep. Yes. Yep. So, Camp Rock. Camp uh, Rock. Another uh, super quick uh, snapshot of the film. Uh, you've got this girl who wants to go to musical camp, but her family can't afford it. So, the mom gets a job working as a cook there. So, she's able to go. Uh, also got uh, Joe Jonas, who is this famous celebrity who previously was at Camp Rock, who did something and got in trouble and now is having to work at the camp. Uh, we're we're his, pretty sure he's 21 years old and he's hitting on a 16-year-old it, it's, girl. It's very... Um, we're pretty sure it, that's it does, the age. It does not uh, specify that. Uh, but yeah, uh, he overhears Demi Lovato's character, uh, Mitchie. Mitchie? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Mitchie playing the song. And he's like, oh, wow, she's super talented. I like her um shenanigans ensue camp stuff music stuff um uh annoying girl because it's a teen movie you gotta have uh, some sort of mean girl um mean girl's friends uh ditch mean girl and do their own thing and then one of mean girl's friends ends up winning the little camp jam thing at the end and gets to record a song with joe jonas uh but it doesn't matter because mitchie and joe jonas end up Together, maybe question mark, and everyone lives happily ever after until Camp Rock 2. All right. Yeah, nail that. Yep. You did. Because cool, I only okay. like half watched it uh, at work this morning. So I was a so, little nervous about that one. So, okay. But yeah, Doug brought this up. The age difference between the characters is not really talked about, but it, the way that they kind of imply it is weird. Uh, because Mitchie is most certainly a high schooler. Yes. Um, and it's not entirely clear how old Shane, who this Joe Jonas's character is in the movie. Um, Joe Jonas is only three years older than Demi Lovato, which, I mean, that's one thing, but you potentially have this person who's 18 to 21 hitting on a high schooler, which is very uncomfortable. Very much so, because Mitchie has at least one year of high school left so that puts that puts mitchy in the 16 to 17 year old category joe jonas's character that i can't even remember shane gray um yeah shane gray shane gray is youngest 18 oldest 21 years old Ooh, also we didn't do the information about this film but yeah no i know i know okay. i've got it pulled up i've got it pulled okay. up yeah, no, if you're um, into that once again, no uh, no box office for this. Uh, Ratings-wise, has a 5.2 out of 10. Excuse me. On IMDb, 48% on Rotten Tomatoes and 86% on The Google. Uh, directed by Matthew Diamond. Um, and stars, you know, we said earlier, Demi Lovato, Joe Jonas. Also stars Nick Jonas, Kevin Jonas, Allison Stoner. Um, and uh, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot more people in this movie, but those are really the only ones you need to know. Yeah, and that doesn't even get to like the whole little mean girls click. No, it doesn't. I'm gonna go on and say it. Let me let me just get this out of the way first because I'm the only one who's seen this movie before, correct? Mm. Correct. I hate this movie. I hate it so much. I despise it. Um, it is awful. It is actually it's actually one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like yeah, it is I, I think of the movies that we watched, it was the most like uh risk averse. 
Like it did not People, take a single chance in this movie. If you like, it played it you, safe the entire time, and like you knew exactly what was going to happen from the very beginning of the film. Um, if you were to ask people what they think a Disney Channel original movie would be, they would describe exactly what Camp Rock is to you. They yeah. would exp- they would they would explain exactly that because it is a movie with horrendous acting. It has it has awful music. the the most the most time. I, say, I didn't hate the music. I, I think the music fits for what it is. Do not like the music. I think the music's awful. Um, it's. I I actually like can't just say enough just how much I despise this movie. That's yeah, fair. it's it's awful. You want one thing that could make you despise it even more? You know, what? Peggy, the girl that wins at the end. Yeah, she doesn't sing. That's not her voice. Oh, that, uh, they're all lip syncing. Come on. No, but like she's the only one like in the cast that can't actually sing. Like, oh, okay. Like they were all lip syncing the entire time, but it was still like actually their voice. Her, it wasn't her voice. I see. Yep. Also, I just want I just want to use this moment to talk about uh, one of the performers in this movie, Allison Stoner, who's uh, like a huge. She was a huge child actor. Um, Huge shout Interestingly out well known for being like a side character in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't feel which like is, she was like the star and I things. I would agree with that. I don't I can't think of anything where like she is a main player, but she's always good. Like she mm-hmm. brings like tremendous, tremendous energy to everything mm-hmm. that she does. And she can actually sing like fairly well. Um but in this movie about singers songwriters performers everything like that girl does not sing and she does this weird like disney version of dubstep and it's so so weird yeah she just she just goes check me out and then turns to her computer and does some weird music and it plays like three notes of something (laughs) and mitchy just goes oh yeah that's cool that's cool everybody everybody in the room goes she's really good (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's so so weird. It's so yeah. weird. Also, uh, I didn't say this before. This movie came out in two thousand eight. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, this this was something. Um, also, okay, sorry, sorry. I I want to point out one other thing. Um, Kevin Jonas, Kevin Jonas, the the forgotten Jonas brother. Mm-hmm. um he is not in this movie a lot like i i think he probably was in this movie for about as long as uh as uh kelly marie tran was in uh rise of skywalker was in rise of skywalker i'm pretty sure that's about how long he was on screen um consistently the best jonas brother on camera like by far actually interesting tidbit best. about that uh, the only reason that he and Nick are in the movie at all is because uh, originally the part of Shane Gray was not written for Joe Jonas. But when the, uh, Joe Jonas was cast in the part, the director was like, well, we might as well put the other two Jonas brothers in. Cool. It's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. So they they almost went with somebody else. And then they said, you know who we should cast as an actor in this movie? Joseph Jonas. He <laughs> would be good. Um Who's the guy that got rejected? <laughs> I have no idea. Let's guess. Let's guess. Well, the thing is, Zac Efron. it has to be somebody who's a worse actor than Joe Jonas. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Not it necessarily. Right. The Jonas Brothers had a lot of star power at that time. That's true. You know who it might have been? It might have been Jesse McCartney. You know, he that was been big. Interesting. Um, and it might have been Jesse McCartney. Waning in popularity. Definitely uh, waning in popularity. Um, so, um, yeah, go ahead. This movie, um, the dialogue reads like it was written by middle-aged people who think they know how young people talk. Because we were all young people when this came out and we did not talk the way these characters talk. It sounds like, because they're saying things like totally blingalicious. Who said stuff like that? Nobody said that. 
And so it sounds like it was written by a bunch of 40 year olds who are like, this is how the young ones talk these days, you whippersnappers. And no, it's not. But now it's in the script. And then when it came to directing the movie, that's when they decided to hand it over to actual preteens. Yeah. And I, I want to point out that this movie has lived on my head from one scene. One scene. It's just one. It's just one scene. Um, and it is the scene in which the whole mean girl clique walks up to Mitchie and without saying anything, they 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 just take their fingers and they just go, whatever, major loser. Um, but they don't say it. They don't say it. And then they have to explain it because, because Mitchie is so out of it. She's so like not connected with, with what's hip, with what's cool. Like that image is burned into my brain as the most awkward bit of acting I've ever seen. And it was burned there long before I saw this movie again. Yeah. I'm glad you said the word awkward because I watched this movie and I kept thinking about how Napoleon Dynamite was a movie about high schoolers that was made to be awkward and to capture the awkwardness of the weirdest kids in high school. This movie is somehow more awkward than Napoleon Dynamite, and they weren't trying to go for that. It's so uncomfortable. Like, you know, I mentioned the directing and like the editing. Did you guys notice there's a lot of scenes in this movie where the action and dialogue has ended for the scene, but the shot lingers for a minute, and we're just like watching them twitch their finger for a second or something. So, So I think I might know why that is, because... This movie and Descendants were both made, like, obviously, 13th Year was made for TV, but, like, these were made for TV with excessive amounts of commercials, and I think if you watch this on TV, I think those, like, ends of scenes would would be where they would cut off for a commercial break. Um, That's my theory. I don't know that it's true, but but that's my theory. Um, Maybe that's it. It was really uncomfortable to watch. And it's not just about the way those scenes ended. I mean, it's the, the way the characters talk to each other. Like nobody, nobody, child, adult, nobody seemed comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the, the freaking British guy who was the camp leader or whatever. But other than him, everybody was so freaking awkward in this movie. And it was not like Napoleon Dynamite where that's where the comedy is coming from. That was not the intent. <laughs> I was really uncomfortable watching these people interact with each other. You know what could have made it worse? What? If they went with the other choice for Shane Gray. Who was I found it. Uh, I will give you a hint. He was cast in another movie that came out. um, I don't know if it was exactly the same year, but uh, well, this is saying it was the same year. Another like really popular movie that came out in 2008. That we have uh, talked about on the podcast. Oh, we reviewed it? Yes. Is it a Disney movie? It is not. Hmm. Okay, hold on. Huh. What genre? Uh, I can't tell you that. That would give it away. Well, I don't remember what came out in 2008. A really big movie. Was it Robert Pattinson? Close. Taylor Lautner? Yep. Taylor Lautner. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> director Matthew Diamond said Taylor Lautner did the audition and we liked him a lot. I think we've kind of, or I think we kind of said he wasn't exactly right for the part. Um, they could tell how talented he was, but he wasn't quite Shane Gray enough. Wait a minute, though, because <laughs> wait a minute, because it kind of works though. Like you can kind of see how they wrote it for Taylor Lautner. Yeah, you you can kind of see it because like. Because, like, even when Joe Jonas and the Jonas Brothers were, like, performing for Disney, like, even when they would, like, act and stuff like that, they would play just altered versions of themselves. And Shane Gray is so outside of that window that, I mean, it makes sense. Because, like, Taylor Lautner had that, uh, like, air of being, like, the bad boy or the brooding type. Mm -hmm. That's funny. That's funny. I thought you guys would get a kick out of that. It took a little while to find, but I did find it. I kind of wish it was Robert Pattinson, though. Yeah, I, that would have been funny. 
I definitely wish it was Robert Pattinson. <laughs> so I know that oh there are goodness. like there's a large uh, group of people who love this movie. Um, I think specifically uh, people like who more so grew up with this movie who had that nostalgia about it. Um, Rebecca uh, or Elijah, I know Rebecca is a big fan of this. Uh, Macy is also a big fan of this. Yeah, um, I kind of wish I'd asked her not, about that. Not without a trace of irony. But um, Rebecca was like, if y'all have a guest on this episode, it needs to be somebody who grew up with this movie imagining having all of these cheesy moments with her crush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you definitely, I mean, this, this movie does that, those rosy moments between the, the boy and the girl main character and a bunch of Disney movies have done that. I mean, they just marinate in it. I think it's I think it's really interesting though looking at this movie um looking at, at this movie and Descendants as two mu- as two movie musicals that came out after the biggest decom of all time high school musical like it, it, the biggest in a way that will probably never be surpassed um because High School Musical, I think, managed to play off of the expectations of what a DCOM could be. And it played off of those expectations so much and leaned into that uh, stereotype so much that it became, like, ironically great. But it knew it was being ironically great. I think that's why High School Musical kind of holds up a little bit. Like, I mean, it's not actually awful. Um and I think that's why people who were fans of High School Musical when it first came out are still fans of it today. Mm-hmm. And people who were fans of Camp Rock either are still fans of Camp Rock or they 100% are not fans of Camp Rock. Well, I mean, because let me you... just say there's a reason that High School Musical is also now a musical. And there's also a TV show about a school putting on the musical. And there's not all of that about Camp Rock. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that comes from uh, this effort by the creators of camp rock to be like how do we recreate the success that we have with high school musical Mm -hmm. and i think i think that's a little bit of lightning in the bottle kind of energy that you you probably are not gonna capture a second time yeah i mean you can try but you're you're not going to and i i think that's why camp rock falls so flat on its face while descendants um, you can see where it's been inspired by some of those high school musical tropes, but it's still its own thing. And it still does it like yeah. in a unique enough way that stands apart. Also, for anyone who's curious as to why we didn't do high school musical, I don't know. We just I feel like high school musical it. would deserve its own episode. I feel yeah, I agree with that. Or I if we were gonna do movie that or or if we were gonna do high school musical for a December, I feel like we would do all three of them. Yeah. And while I'm not opposed to that, while I'm not opposed to that, I really want to do that right now. That's fair. I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we've got for Camp Rock. So uh let's let's uh give it a score. Uh Legend, why don't you get us started this time? 44. And all of those points are for just little girls watching this movie about a uh you know a girl who sings a song about being who she's supposed to be mm-hmm. that gets this movie 44 points for all those little girls watching camp rock but this movie sucks <laughs> yeah for pretty much the same reason i'm gonna go a little about view i don't know i'm just feeling a little generous tonight i'm gonna give it a 50 um i think it the i don't think it does a lot very well um i think it's an interesting idea that could have been really good but i i, I don't think it's very good so, uh, Doug, you may now tear it apart. He's feeling generous. I'm certainly not. I knew I, I knew I didn't like this movie coming into it. I like it even less having watched it another time, and I like it even less having talked about it. I'm giving this movie a big old goose egg, gang. Really? Wow. <laughs> big old goose egg. I Wait do not minute. think there is a redeeming factor in this movie. Wait a minute. Our minimum is one, and you can't yep. break Fine. One. I will give this a big old one. <laughs> Uh, a numero uno <laughs> all right it's uh, awful okay uh, i was not expecting to see that happen uh, but after plucking that into the patented scoreometer 
Uh, we have a final score of a 31.67. Uh, so let's round this out and talk about Descendants. Super quick uh, preview. It's about all the children of the great Disney villains. We've got the daughter of Maleficent, the daughter of the evil queen, the son of Jafar, and the son of Corel Deville. Uh, they are uh, in this universe. Uh, Belle and the Beast are the king and queen and have locked all the way, all the evil villains away on this private island. And now their son is getting ready to become king. And he's like, hey, I want to give the kids of those people a chance at life. Um, so they come over uh, and they discover that maybe being bad isn't such a cool thing. Um, shenanigans ensue. Uh, and then they decide being bad isn't such a cool thing. We're going to be good. Yeah. And songs happen. Yeah. And they all live happily ever after until Descendants let, 2. Let me tell you, I remembered the trailer for this movie and remembered thinking this movie was going to be awful cheesy it was gonna suck real hard mm. and um i started watching it the opening scene where the prince is like i want to give these kids a chance that was so cheesy that i was like oh man this is gonna be everything i thought it was gonna be then that first musical number that were Oof. rotten to the core that's some of the worst crap i've ever listened yep. to it's awful and it's I was so like, bad yeah so at the end of <laughs> at the end of that i was like I am in for one of the one of the least enjoyable, most irritating mm -hmm. movies I've ever seen in my life. But I was wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying I like this movie, but I didn't hate it. And I realized I mean, honestly, that I'll say it. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Which I did I'm not gonna... expect to when I first started it. I don't particularly want to watch it again, but I actually did enjoy a lot of what happened in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I my mind started to change immediately after that horrible opening dance number yeah. because of that freaking scene where Maleficent's daughter Mal steals candy from a baby and then her mother comes along and like spits on it and lets it marinate in her armpit for a minute and then gives it back to the kid and says yeah. something pithy about being evil that was hilarious yeah. I'd say it's one of those that like I think it's so over the top that it works um, yeah, yeah. Like this is this would have been a very easy movie to just be campy all the way through, and like it certainly has its moments where it is campy. I mean, it's a Disney musical about Disney characters. <clears throat> it could have just been campiness the entire time. Um, I think the acting actually saves it from that, though. Uh, like the act, the actors in this movie, I think, all do an incredible job. Um, yeah. Doug, if you want to hit us with those facts real quick. Yeah, um, so this movie came out in 2015, uh, directed by Disney golden boy Kenny Ortega, um, who also directed High School Musical, if you don't know. Um, holds a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 87% on The Google. And, boys, we finally got one, a 4 out of 5 on Common Sense Media. There it is. Uh, this movie stars Dove Cameron, uh, the late Cameron Boyce, Sophia Carson, uh, Boo Boo Stewart, uh, Mitchell Hope, uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, let me see if I can get the other villains. Wow, this is just a really long list. Honestly, that's um, really all that matters. That's really all that matters. The other um, villains don't matter. They don't. They don't. Because this movie, Kenny Ortega was smart enough to cast Kristen Chenoweth as Maleficent and like he did it justice because Kristen Stewart knows exactly what movie she's in. You said and Kristen she, Stewart just then. I said Kristen Stewart, Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> also, hold up, wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to one other cast member, Zachary Gibson. You know why? Because he plays a character Doug. named Doug. And he's the son shout of Dopey. Shout out to you, Zachary. <laughs> and he's the son of Dopey. He is, but goodness, he does Doug's proud. Yeah. Ben, you just said the acting in this movie was incredible. You I, don't think that's I, too strong a word? I think incredible may be too strong a word. I think it's really well done for being a Disney Channel original movie. And okay, certainly compared see, to the other two movies that we have talked about. <laughs> that puts it um, into perspective. With that, because, I will agree. Okay, because the acting in the 13th year is bad. The acting in Camp Rock is not much better. 
the acting in this is at least believable. Um, I love Kristen Chenoweth in this uh, as Maleficent. However, in the songs that she does with everyone else, she is so talented and just so good at what she does. It is yeah. a little overshadowing. Um, yeah, of the and she only cast. has she really only has like one song. Mm-hmm. She, she like, sings parts of it throughout, though. Like, like she really only has <clears throat> one song, and I. I was telling Ben this before we started recording. Um, I'm a big fan of Dove Cameron. I think she's like a very talented actress and very talented singer. Um, and like she can sing very well, but she's not to the level of Kristen Chenoweth. But very few people are. Like Kristen Chenoweth is like Broadway darling. Like she has that wonderful, wonderful soprano voice. Like it's it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and the fact that they had Kristen Chenoweth and Dove Cameron sing a duet in this movie, like you kind of feel bad for Dove Cameron because there's no way that like naturally speaking, just by her own vocal chops, she can match the level of Kristen Chenoweth. And so they pile heaps and heaps of editing and auto-tune onto Dove Cameron's voice to get her about to the level of Kristen Chenoweth. But I think it actually winds up hurting her more than anything. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. because you can tell Dove Cameron's voice is is heavily, heavily edited. Kristen Chenoweth's is just her natural voice. Yeah, I will say that is probably my biggest problem with the movie. I think the music in it is way too overproduced. Uh, so yeah. much auto-tune. It's just like, it doesn't, like, to the point that it does not sound good. Um, well... There's, there's more than just that that makes it not sound good. Wow. Um, and also, is it me? Or I, I noticed this at the, like, enchanted pond scene. Mm-hmm. Is it me or did Dove Cameron not lip sync well either? I don't think she did. There were a couple scenes uh, where just people in general, I don't think lip sync well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's the proper uh, way to... Uh, put lip sync in past tense, but that's uh, I mean, what I'm gonna it do. Is, it is what it is. Um, I lip synced, yeah. I just think it's uh, Mr. Um, English teacher can't get a ruling on that. Pretty sure it would be synced, okay? Yeah, I, I think that I think this movie suffers from something that uh, some musicals suffer from in that they plan out what a music video for a song will look like and not what's the best way to shoot this for a movie. Mm -hmm. Because I think the scene at the Enchanted Pond Lake, whatever it is, I think that's a great example because that's shot like a music video. It's, and that's not to say that you can't have an actor singing a solo in a movie musical and it not be like music video-esque it's just saying it's shot like a music video. Like the angles are different from everywhere else in the movie. In the movie, you get these weird tracking shots of Dove Cameron. Like it looks like a music video more than anything. Um, and I think, I think that's the, I think that's the, the weirdest part about this movie music wise. Yeah. And personally, um, I think this movie would have been so much better. Honestly, if it just wasn't a musical. I agree. This movie did not like. I, I understand why it was musical because all the uh, like characters, the like the parent characters of the characters in this movie, obviously all are from musicals. So I understand why it is. But this movie did not need to be a musical, and I think it would have been ten times better if it wasn't. Yeah. Um. I'll also say that this movie does commit a cardinal sin and that it wastes Kathy Najimy. Um, how dare you, you fool. Who does she play? Uh, she plays Evil Queen. Ah. Uh, I love Kathy Najimy. My mother loves Kathy Najimy. Um, how dare you waste her in this movie? Um, yeah, I think... I think, though, that this movie has a really good has a really good idea behind it mm-hmm. because, you know, it does analyze that it does analyze that whole debate of like 
of like how much do we how much do we punish children for the sins of their parents like how like what what does that look like going forward generationally I think it's an interesting idea that I think for the most part I think it tackles it pretty well like you know it is it is generic like you know exactly where it's going yeah um but I think it's unique enough that it that it works it's also childish and not deep but we can't hate on a kids movie for doing things that way Um, however go go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say yeah in the same vein it's it does the um it does it, it wants the kids watching this to go you know to to stop and consider like where are the mean kids actually coming from like what was it like for yeah. them growing up you know they didn't just sprout mean you know they they've been through things and they they've lived a life that kind of molded them in a certain way and maybe they aren't uh, at fault for everything yeah so that's a good message also one thing i did want to point out uh i texted that or i don't know if i texted like this while i was watching or not but of course, Prince Charming's son's name is Chad. You you did text that to me. I did. I, I okay. can confirm that you texted that to me. Good. Because I had that thought. I was like, of course his name is Chad. And he's everything that you would expect from someone named Chad. If your name is Chad, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I just want to point out uh, that this movie also is one of the great ones where I had a great uh, hypothesis for what it would look like if it was rated R. Um <laughs> because uh you know they say that maleficent's the most evil villain in the Mm -hmm. disney like uh catalog i guess Mm -hmm. um i disagree with that statement i don't think that she is for two reasons one uh in fantasia there's a character called chernabog who's the literal devil (laughs) um like quite literally the devil um and also, uh, I think that if you really wanted to get like really deep, you could have thrown Count, uh, Judge Frollo into this um, and had him be, be a villain in this. Because we'll go on and tell you, you want some real world evil Judge Claude Frollo right there yeah, for you. I, I agree, Doug. I didn't think about that when I was watching this movie. But when you said it, I was like, yeah, Frollo is the most despicable villain. He's awful. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, now, Scar from The Lion King is up there. Uh-huh. Yeah, Scar's up there. I think uh, Gaston, I, Gaston, I don't think is actually like that bad of a villain. I think he's just a pompous dude yeah. who yeah. is upset that a girl turned him down. Um, Frollo, though, like straight up racist, classist, re- religious zealot. Like, you throw him in this he's also movie. also a hypocrite and a perv. Yeah, you throw him into this movie and instant like like it's gonna take a hard turn yep like you can't have esmeralda in this because she would have died um so yes that would be my proposal for descendants four make it rated yeah. r put Cla- put judge claude frollo in it um and we will have so a be grand of, old uh, time frollo. huh <laughs> It would be the son of Frollo because Ooh. it's about the children of. There are so many things. There are so many things that you could that you could make a joke about with that. Um, I'm like, aware. That's why we're yeah. just going to move on. There's so um, many. There's so many. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, no. One thing uh, I do want to say about this movie before we uh, move on and score this, um, I was actually very impressed with like how thought out this universe is because this movie is not a standalone. Like obviously, it takes place after all of the general fairy tale um disney stories but this book or this movie has a book that serves as a prequel it's got two sequels it's got an animated spinoff series it's got an animated short and like i think it's really cool how well developed this is because like disney didn't have to make sequels or anything for this but like they took time to develop this world and i think that's really cool and it is a good idea like like this is something inherently is a good idea yeah this is something that like of the movies we've watched, like this is the only one that I, really, I kind of want to watch the sequel for, just to see what happens. So, okay, I wanted to say this at the end of Camp Rock. Um, Camp Rock Two, not good, but not as bad as the first one. Interesting. 
I have no yeah. interest in watching it. I'm sorry. There's more of Nick and Kevin Jones in it. That uh, doesn't help at all. Does uh, anyway. Kevin get his birdhouse? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, uh, I, I think it's time we score this sucker. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I think I'll get us started this time since you two have already started us off in this episode. Um, this was easily, like far and away, I think the best movie that we watched of the three. Um, and I think it's a good sign for Disney Channel original movies. Uh, I think they've gotten, I would say, better as time has gone on. At the very least, I don't think they've gotten worse. Um, I, I mean, there may be some out there that are outliers, but if Descendants is, I guess, the example that we have, I feel good about the direction of Disney Channel original movies. I'm going to give this a 75. Um like I said earlier, if this wasn't a musical, it's, I think it's a much better movie. Um, mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I would consider giving it a B if it was not a musical. Um, but yeah, as it stands, 75. Yeah, I think that's important what you just said. Um, uh, so I did not hate this movie. I guess I liked it. I especially liked the adult villains. They were hilarious. I love, I didn't say this earlier. I love the fact that they are all supposed to be pure evil, but the way that manifests itself in the movie is just like pettiness and passive aggression. That's hilarious to me. So I did laugh out loud probably five times watching this movie because of those guys. Um, So that was funny to me. Anyway, even though I kind of liked it, it's not a great movie. So I decided I'm just going to pass it along with a 70. <laughs> That's my final answer. I am in the middle between both of you. Um, I think I think it's a really solid movie. Um, I love Kristen Chenoweth, everything she's doing it. I think it's great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a 72. All right. A 72, 72. All right, well, uh, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, uh, we get a final score of a 72.3 repeating. And Doug, I feel like you said 72 just because you wanted to be right, um, but I'll give it to you. That may or may not be the case. Uh, <laughs> I may or may not have uh, thought about just saying 70, and then I figured, well, I'll just try and get like as close to being right as possible. Uh, you should have said 72 and a half then, but too late for that. Um, but yes, that brings to the end of Decomber. Um, it was a great time had by all. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, and next week is going to be a lot of fun again because we will be having our annual holiday episode. And Doug, tell us what we're watching next week. Oh boy. This is one that has been years in the making. Um, and by that, I mean exactly one year in the making. Uh, but it is going to be so much fun because folks... Next week, we're watching the Tim Allen classic, The Santa Claus. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It's going to be so great. It's going to be so, 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 so great. And Doug, you say years in the making. I'm going to need some uh, explanation there. Uh, yeah, a few years ago, we put a uh, we put a poll out on Twitter and uh, Facebook for our like 12 followers um, to vote on between doing holidays and handcuffs and the Santa Claus and holidays and handcuffs won by exactly one vote. Hmm. We so will we, enjoy this movie more holiday than we enjoy holidays. How about those when we decided to do uh, Christmas with the cranks? No, wait, no, it was holiday and handcuffs. That's right. Because Mario Christmas, with the, Christmas with the cranks <clears throat> was the first uh, holiday episode we ever did. Hmm. Okay, well, yeah, it'll We've be come a long time. way. Yeah, a lot of uh, holiday episodes. But yes, be sure to tune in next week as we talk about the Santa Claus. It will be a lot of fun. Um, those are my favorite holiday movies growing up. So I'm definitely excited. It's going to be a great time. Uh, until next week, <clears throat> be sure to keep up with us on social media and all the cool stuff we do at, <clears throat> at Viner Media. Uh, you can also check us out online, vinermedia.com. Uh, we've got new episodes of Setting the Skeen every Wednesday and new episodes of Tea with Doug G every Monday night. So definitely be sure to check all that out. And until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. And this has been Setting the Scheme. You all have a great week.